1: And welcome back. It's hour number two of fantasy sports today, right here on sports grid. I am Craig Mish. You can follow me on Twitter. Of course, at Craig Mish, it's going to be a fun hour here on the show. As we take a look at some of the players in fantasy who are really struggling, getting off to a tough start, wondering if they can pick it back up. Of course, we'll recap everything going on in the NBA. we got a game starting in 30 minutes from now. How lucky are we on this Monday to have NBA games going on all day long? It should be a lot of fun. And of course, uh, Joe, a lot of fun uh, this weekend, looking at sports and looking at all of the drama that went on. You know what's interesting to me is that the NFL always has its fair share of drama. The mm-hmm. NBA, we know, is filled with drama, especially around free agency. is like which player is going to go where, and, and and so many people trying to predict who's going to end up where and be gone. I mean, look, there's no doubt that it's been a bad look, that baseball can't get this all going, and there's been some issues. But I don't ever remember more of a focus on Major <laughs> League Baseball in July uh, then and, and into August in the in the last ten years, it's it's like the primary focus of everybody. Just because of how wacky this thing is, trying to get players to play and teams to play. I haven't experienced anything like this in a long time.
2: It certainly qualifies as any publicity is good publicity. I guess, perhaps. I don't know. I guess but you're not wrong. Everyone is talking about it, and what a difference it makes too. Because just a few days on Friday when we left the show, Rob Manford a few hours later was talking about, well, maybe we'll have to shut things down. And then by the time, like Saturday afternoon rolled around, it was a whole different tune. And I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted with the whirlwind of going back and forth about whether or not we're going to shut it down or whether we're going to play. And then he's saying, well, the players better get their act together and all of this. And then some of the players saying, well, hey, maybe you should have put things in place better. And everyone's going back and forth. But, yeah, I guess it's not wrong to say that baseball is on everybody's mind. It's kind of becoming the great American experiment right now more than anything.
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly uh, been crazy for me, I, I can tell you that. There's there's no question about that. And by the way, a little bit later today, uh, for the first time since this started, we're looking at 10 days ago, uh, the Marlins are going to be holding a press conference mm. at uh, looks like about three thirty, three forty-five 3.45 with uh, Derek Jeter, their CEO, their president, Mike Hill, and manager, Don Mattingly. And uh, I mean, I already know what it's about. It's the MLB uh, investigation or whatever it is is complete. The Marlins did theirs, too. And what we're going to find, I believe, Joe, from today is that the Marlins did nothing wrong. I mean, that's that as crazy as it sounds in this day and age, it looks like some really horrible reporting was done because uh, the and, and again, there may be some subtleties here of not wearing masks and spitting and high fiving and things like that. But I hope that this and it won't, but I hope that this teaches people a lesson with this stuff to assume on strip clubs and things of that nature, that before you go there, and like me as a reporter, before I go there, I gotta make sure that I have the facts. And it's fun to do on radio and TV. It's fun to speculate those sort of things. It makes for great TV and radio. But I guess at some point accuracy uh, has been gone. You know, it's just just no. done. It's just everyone wants you to be first, and no one point. wants to
2: be right. Yeah. That's the problem. Everyone's always trying so hard to be first to a story that nobody cares whether or not they're right to a story. And I think the right part is really the most important at the end of the day. Um, but look, you know, we'll see you this afternoon. What comes out here? Obviously, you have a better gauge on it than anybody, most likely. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things too where. I think regardless of what's going on, whatever comes out or doesn't come out, I think what's going to happen, the repercussions of it are that I think all the players and the ripple effect is, boy, we really got to take things seriously. Look how crazy and look how even if they weren't doing anything wrong, even more to the point, look how fast this is going through somewhere. We need to make sure we're being safe. We can't be negligent. We can't let our guard down for a moment and all the protocols and all the things that we do. And I think maybe that's the biggest take home more than anything here for not just MLB, but also for NFL and NHL and NBA as well.
1: Yeah, and, and and the same thing happened to the Cardinals. People speculating that they went to a casino and things like. I mean, the, these things are just not true. Like, like you gotta get a little bit more to the bottom of this before. Well, you Well, it's do also that. tough because we the opposite way, Craig.
2: I think we're every time that we're looking for the wrong, we tend to find it more often than not, especially with a lot of athletes and a lot of scenarios. And look, a lot of them are young and you know make some decisions sometimes that aren't the best. I think that's kind of the problem, don't you think? Is a certain aspect like we we always anticipate the worst and we never seem to get let down by that. So so this would be, kind of I, think,
1: I think sometimes that's fair. Yeah. I think sometimes that's fair. I feel just very lucky that I didn't go down that road because it would yeah. have been a road that I can't, I can't go back. It would have been a one way road yeah. for me down you, you messed up bad street, you know? And, and look, I, you know, again, we'll wait to see what happens this afternoon, but that's just the sense that that I have been getting you know, from Miami's end and from St. Louis's end. It is exactly the same. It's just an unlucky situation where, a guy doesn't know he has it and ends up infecting the team, and that's that's not something that you can predict as we welcome in our uh, radio listeners over on SportsGrid. All right, let's take a look at our top stories. If you missed our first hour of the show, you can go back and watch On Demand. It certainly will help you out as well. One of those stories, speaking of speculation yesterday, was that Johannes Cespedes, who basically didn't show up to the ballpark, no one could find him, and the Mets put out a statement that essentially was the bat signal to say, where are you? Uh, Turned out (laughs) Yohannes Espinosa didn't want to play for the club and didn't notify the team. We'll find out if there is more layers to the story. If there are, I'm guessing there will be. Because if Cespedes ever wants to play again, he's going to have to apologize in some way. There's no question you can't do that. Uh, Lorenzo Cain, poor Low Cain, decided uh, this was just too much for him and uh, can't blame him. He's a friend of the show. Uh, Clayton Kershaw dominates. He's back. Get him back in your lineups for sure. We're going to learn more about the Cardinals in the next 24 hours. I would not be starting anyone in a fantasy league on the Cardinals this week. You're going to be missing games. No one can stop Aaron Judge, Joe, and uh, Kyle Lewis. Who I overspent uh, by about fifty dollars in uh, out of a hundred dollar fab budget. I thought everybody was going to go all in on him this week. They did not. So all my budget is gone, but I have Kyle Lewis. Congratulations. Well, there you me.
2: go. There you go. And let's hope that the the Dodgers have Clayton Kershaw too going forward because that velocity was up a little bit this week, and that's a that's a big well, that's a big uptick for him. That's a big positive. So if you can have him and Walker Buehler at the top of this rotation, maybe it is a foregone conclusion. Maybe it is Yankees and Dodgers after all because so far it's kind of what it feels like.
1: Coming up next on SportsGrid, it's this day in fantasy sports history and our fantasy sports birthdays with some superstars today. We'll be right back.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back, fantasy sports today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Joe Pia. We are into the month of August here on the show. We've got sports back, but of course, it's still time that we can honor things that have happened previously in sports and talk about whose birthday it is today. Uh, and and also we got some you know updated news, a little bit of a breaking news story coming out here a little bit. We'll touch on that quickly, and then we'll get to uh, the fantasy uh, this day in fantasy sports and Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, but the Wall Street Journal. Uh, mm-hmm just minutes ago basically joe puts out a whole column uh with an interview from odell beckham jr on the cleveland browns now again since we're doing this show i couldn't read the entire thing so i mm. if i'm out of context at all i apologize but the the basically cusp of it is is that beckham saying is wondering why the nfl is trying to play the season and essentially saying at this point it shouldn't happen so um Look, he is somebody that I just bid $57 on in free agency about 15 minutes ago. So I'm definitely not happy to hear that. (laughs) I'm I'm not happy to hear that because, uh, and I also don't want to overreact, but if you're talking about somebody who doesn't think the season should be played, boy, I'd have to be worried about that player opting out (laughs) and and throwing away my money right now. So this is why doing a draft right now is really dicey. (laughs) That's
2: for sure. It is. It's definitely dicey, and there will be more names to come, and we shall find out what those names are. I actually saw a really fascinating interview this weekend with a, a very famous epidemiologist talking about the bubbles and sports, and they were actually interviewing him. And you know, they asked him about Major League Baseball, and then they asked about the NFL, and he made a very interesting quote about it, which was basically he said, "Can you quarantine everybody in one giant bubble?" He said, "No, that's probably very difficult." He said, "However, with the NFL, if you can do." mini-bubbles, basically, uh, for each team and, and everybody involved with it. He said that is actually something that he believed would actually work. And this is from a scientific point of view here. This is from someone up high in the trough of medicine. And he believed that if you could do that and tend to your own business because they only play once a week, which is always the illusion I made with the NFL, that you could have these mini-bubbles in every single home field, basically, and then... You can have them single travel, do it their thing, get back. He said basically the same thing that we've all been saying. Baseball is very difficult because of a lot of games, because of a lot of travel, and it could be very difficult. Whereas you can contain guys a lot more, larger rosters, larger groups of people, but do it in their own little mini bubbles, basically. And he said that system he does believe could potentially work. So we'll see if the NFL does adopt that.
1: Yeah, and they have not. So that's that would be nice to see them try and, and do nice. something. I know the uh, the uh, the Herald. Uh, Miami Herald over the weekend reported that uh, they have some new technology that they've installed inside their locker room all over that basically is sort of like an air purifier, but for uh, viruses. And I know, Mm. look, again, it's owned by the owner. The company is owned by the owner of the Dolphins. I got to make that clear here. So understanding that this is getting publicity and, and not all teams are doing it because the owner has ownership of it. But what we'll, we'll be able to see, at least in the first couple of weeks, in their locker room in Miami Gardens and also their locker room in Davie where they train, if the, if the Dolphins have less cases than other teams, then this could be something potentially other teams would look into. But, and I don't want to make any illusions that this is going to work because we don't know, but that's something that they are trying. So just something to keep an eye on. And I'm trying to get the owner of the company Uh, here on the show, but we'll see. All right, this day in fantasy sports history for the 3rd of August, we start off with the great Satchel Paige. He makes his first Major League Baseball start. Of course, he pitched for many years in the Negro Leagues before he made his way to Major League Baseball and is now in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. 1949, the NBA is formed after the NBL and National Basketball Association of America. They both merged. They create the NBA in 1949. 1961, the Pirates win 19 to nothing, which is the largest shutout in MLB uh, history back in 1961. I think everybody remembers this video, if you're my age. Joe Negro, they go out to the mound, (laughs) and Joe Negro puts his hands in his pockets and throws some nail files out and says he has nothing. They recreated that in the naked gun, of course, and uh, that was a funny moment in baseball history where Negro basically got busted. For doctoring the baseball, and then 2006, Joe Barry Bonds hits home run number 715, and uh, he hit that one, I believe, against Mike Bassick of the. Oh no, actually, maybe 756 was of Mike Bassick in Washington. This is 715, just passing Babe Ruth. He went on to pass Hank Aaron as well.
2: Yeah, well, let me tell you, I remember that Joe Negro moment very well. Uh, in the summertime, I'd always spend like a couple days, uh, you know, a few days at a clip at my grandparents' house, and I would always, you know, be watching sports in on loop in the mornings as a kid because there was no MLB Network or anything else. And I remember them playing this over and over again, and be watching it on the loop every hour, going, "What did he do this?" Because the best part of that Negro moment is when he's kind of just looking the other way and then throwing it out of his pocket, and yeah. then they made a baseball card after season. that too. Right, the umpire yeah. sees it, and then Negro goes, "Oh, oh, oh, that! Oh, maybe What's that's that? it. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> His reaction to the entire thing has got to be one of the great moments of all time. There of baseball cheating, it is so great, and his whole just nonchalantness about it, and it's just. It's just marvelous. Uh, I just I can't get that one out of my head. There's a lot of other great moments in there, but this one I remember distinctly watching this and just going, This is crazy. I can't believe he just did that. And look, you know, this is old school baseball back in the day with the nail files and the other things. And you're right, the uh, the great bit is, you know, when Frank Drebin of police squad goes out there to go find right. the the pitcher and he's got the the sandblaster and he's got the, the whole thing of Vaseline under his cap, the whole thing. It's
1: it's it's good times. It really is. It is. It is. Uh, And and Joe Negro, unfortunately, passed away many years ago and uh, his brother Phil in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay, fantasy sports birthdays for today, August the 3rd. We kick it off with the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, born in 1977, 1994. Todd Gurley, now of the Atlanta Falcons, 1994. Uh, Quan Alexander, 94. Also, we got Dante Fowler, 94 popular year today. 1996, great defensive back, Derwin James, and then 1997, the baseball player who has caught Major League Baseball by storm, who hits the ball harder than anybody else in baseball, not named Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, and has hits in virtually every game he's played this year, he has home runs too, and boy, I'll tell you, 2021, when that season comes along, if things keep trending like this, Lewis Robert, Joe, is going to be... Boy, I mean, I can't say he'll be a first round pick, but certainly a second round pick oh, in fantasy next oh, I, year. I, I, I think say it, it's I'll trendy.
2: say it. I think if Louis Robert it definitely has a chance to be a mid first round pick next year if he if he, he has does. the kind of yeah. season that he might be potentially having in 60 games. Now, whether or not he deserves to go there, that's a different story and that's an excellent debate to have because we haven't seen the downside yet. We haven't seen exposure around the league and whenever you don't have enough time for exposure, That's the difficult thing is because you just don't know every player has holes. And usually the more footage there is on you, the more exposure on the league, you start to get found out a little bit, but we're not going to see that adjustment. So it it could be a very dicey situation, but I think if you want Robert, you're probably gonna have to go up into that late first round to get him, maybe even mid first round as crazy as that sounds. Like I know it's early, but I've seen enough of this guy where I don't think the helium is crazy and happy birthday to the goat. Please right here. This is the man, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history Right there, down 25 points. I remember turning to my daughters, watching the Super Bowl, and they said uh, after the pick six, and he ran it back for a touchdown in that game. I said, guys, I I know you're excited about the game, but this one's probably over, but we'll stay up anyway. We're going to watch it. Well, I'm glad we stayed up because it was pretty incredible. And yes, he's a Buccaneer now, but he's forever a patriot in my heart.
1: Yeah, that was a tough game for me to watch. I picked uh, Atlanta in that game, and on top of it, uh, my son, who was probably, I guess, six at the time or five at the time, I was like, you're going to watch your first Super Bowl. And then I'm like, okay, time to go to bed. The game is over. Same thing. And uh, boy, they came back and won that game. It was probably one of the best performances of all time in any game uh, by Tom Brady. And boy, I'm so curious to see him. Hopefully they play a season so he can play in Tampa Bay, no doubt. Okay, uh, coming up, we're going to go through some, uh, some of the players that have really gotten off to tough starts in baseball. And a lot of times what we do, in fantasy leagues or even when we're wagering is we look at players that are just performing so poorly that we think that they will eventually come back to where they usually are. And and I think that there are some players potentially that can, but what if they don't the 60 game season is 10, 15% over for everybody except for the Marlins and the Cardinals and the Phillies. Like a lot of the season has already kind of been in the books. So we're going to hit on that coming up next. Also, as a programming reminder, later on today, make sure you catch our good friend Scott Farrell. He is coast-to-coast every single day right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Now that live sports are back, you got to make sure you tune into his show because he previews all of the NBA games, all of the Major League Baseball games, and all of the hockey games as well. And a lot of it is, of course, from a gambling perspective, bringing on some of the best guests to talk talk about the leans and which way we should go. Uh, Also, Gabe Morrency. Uh, unfiltered every single night and overnight over, over on SportsGrid Radio. Make sure you catch him as well. Joe and I will be right back. Rough starts at the plate in 2020. Will they turn it around, or is it time to just cut bait on some of these guys? Talk about that next.
3: In some Major League Baseball news, some positive from non-positive tests in the COVID-19 world. John Heyman of MLB Network reporting that all of the Marlins' COVID-19 tests came back negative again on Monday. The Phillies announced on Monday as well that there were no new positive tests for their COVID-19 among Sunday samples. All positive revelations as the MLB tries to keep their season churning, dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. On tap for today, the Indians are at the red. Sonny Gray takes the mound. He's 2-0 with a .71 ERA thus far this year. The Yankees against the Phillies. Garrett Cole against Jake Arrieta. Mets are at the Braves. The White Sox take on the Brewers. Pirates against the Twins. Royals are at the Cubs. Giants take on the Rockies in Colorado. Dodgers in San Diego. And the Athletics are up against the Mariners. That's Frankie Montes against Justice Sheffield. In the NBA, according to ESPN's Adrian Wozniowski, the NBA has changed their protocol for inclusive COVID-19 tests. Wojnowski adding that, quote, teams have been concerned that player availability could become jeopardized should an inconclusive test result fall in the middle of a playoff series and force someone to miss a game. Jonathan Isaac has reportedly suffered a torn ACL. His knee was braced, but it gave out on a non-contact play during Sunday's win against the Kings. NBA games on tap for today starting at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Raptors against the Heat. Nuggets against the Thunder. Pacers take on the Wizards. The Pelicans against the Grizzlies. 76ers take on the San Antonio Spurs, and the Lakers are playing the Jazz and Rudy Gobert. In the NFL and in football at large, Eagles coach Doug Peterson has tested positive for the coronavirus. The team announced Sunday night. Peterson convened an unscheduled team meeting Sunday to share the news with his players and staff. That was according to sources of ESPN.com. Before the team made the announcement, he told the team after receiving a second positive test result, confirming the diagnosis. And you can smell what The Rock is buying. A group including actor and former wwe star dwayne the rock johnson has agreed to purchase the xfl for approximately 15 million dollars according to a news release issued on monday morning the xfl declared chapter 11 bankruptcy april 13th and has been seeking a buyer for the past three months marking itself as a quote made for tv product that could transition as early as 2021 through a bubble concept during the coronavirus pandemic i'm dan straffer and this has been your sports grid news update All
1: right. Thanks very much, Dan. Appreciate it. And certainly that's a big story throughout the day is, uh, is the rock getting involved in the, in the XFL. We wish the rock the best. Hopefully he can turn something that is a failure into a success. He's arguably the most popular actor in the world right now and the most desirable for sure. No question. All right. uh, Look, this is always interesting when you're playing that who's not doing well in baseball game, Joe, I know that there are people out there that are like so frustrated with somebody that they've taken and there are, you know, should I cut the guy? Should I sell him for 10 cents on the dollar? We know that trades are almost impossible in fantasy this year. It, 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 you it literally just started the season, but yet your season is 15% over. So it's <laughs> tough to do. But the one thing that you can do is at least ask yourself the question is this what we're going to see for another 30 games, 20 games? Because if so, there's probably not a lot of value in trading the player, but it's understanding that they may have to sit on the bench for you. And I think that that's part of the exercise of figuring out your team.
2: Yeah, it's also a very interesting time in keeper and dynasty leagues, too, with some of these players, because some of them like the first one on our list here today. I think a lot of people had very high expectations and it's coming off a down season already. So that's when all the bad thoughts start to creep in of whether or not maybe this player is not the guy that I thought he might be after all. But look, normally we would take a very small sample size and not overreact to it. But. The problem is now the sample size is small, but guess what? It's 15% of the season already or almost 20. I mean, it's crazy. And and in terms of trades being made, there are a lot of rosters right now that have just been decimated because of which players they happen to have, what mix of players that aren't even playing games. So it really does become the wild, wild west out there. And uh, I think it's good to discuss some of these names because I think all these names had some sort of appeal going into this year. And whether or not we want to stick with them, I think, is a real question.
1: All right, so let's start off with the Red Sox, and they've had struggles both on defense and on offense, Joe, and Andrew Benettendi is at the forefront of this, still very early on, but Benettendi did not inspire a lot of fantasy owners or Red Sox fans over the last year, year and a half, and and here we are again. We're a week and a half into the season, and we really haven't seen much. I really feel like there's too much talent in this kid to completely go the other way from what we saw when he first came up. But that is definitely where we've been at at the start of the season
2: yeah and look it's keeping in mind that he's only 25 years old so we kind of take that for granted I think because he's been around so long and whenever a player it's kind of like Nomar Mazzara too who came up very young and we kind of get disenfranchised after we love the player so much and then he doesn't quite become the superstar we want we sort of get disenfranchised and I think that's another player that kind of fits this bill and I kind of wonder also did we get a little bit too much hype because of the media market of Boston and Andrew Benatendi and look from a fantasy standpoint sure the power speed combination is very tantalizing but you look at the trend and the trend last year was a lot of things going in the wrong direction batting average fell power fell stolen bases fell so it's not a good trend and then when you have this stop and start weird season yeah you don't want to hang it all on the player but at a certain point when do you start looking at this trend as a longer arc going down and that's the question we have to ask ourselves not so much this year but in keeper and dynasty formats now what i would say at 26 years old next year i would still think the best baseball is potentially ahead of him but there's definite room for concern, and I think you can find some concerned owners out there and maybe, just maybe, in those other keeper dynasty formats, go out there and make you know a reasonable trade offer for Benintendi and see what happens next year. Because if you thought this year was going to be important, I think you take this year and you throw it out the window. But next year with a player at this age and this potential talent, I think that's the kind of player you would buy low on right now. In terms of this season, though, Craig – I'm really concerned about buying or, or trading for him. How do you feel about acquiring him in this year, 2020?
1: Yeah, I think for the, I, I think eventually, still not in his prime, I, I still think he can be a superstar. I, I saw too much of that a couple of years ago. I'm not really sure what has happened where he's taken this step back, but I'm not off him. It, the time is, is running out very quickly on everybody in their season. You're talking about two weeks from now having 40% of the season done, so... Uh, for this year you may be right but for the future i still would not give up uh going back to march uh, we caught up with austin hayes in spring training and he was so delighted to get a shot to play every day with the baltimore orioles and i gotta tell you the orioles have been arguably the biggest surprise of the 2020 season they have played great their bullpen's been fantastic the pitching has been good and their hitting so it is a little bizarre that hayes has gotten off to this slow start but remember he had a, he's had a hard time staying on the field the last couple of years. So potentially maybe he's just getting his his feet under him at this point. But he was a pretty big sleeper going into the year and so far still asleep.
2: Yeah. Well, look, last year he finished so strong. He had almost a 950 OPS to close the season. So this is a dude that really has a lot to offer potentially. And the good news here with Hayes is I don't think anyone's replacing him. I don't think they have better options. And I think it behooves them not to figure out what they have in Hayes and just let him play it out. And yes, it's a bad slump right now. But you mentioned the team is playing a little bit better than expectations. So. If they're not going to replace him, he's going to hit towards the top of this order still. Uh, If this continues in this trend, maybe he does get dropped in the order. But I think all things considered, you want the guy at the top of every order. You want the guy in a good hitter-friendly ballpark. He's shown you enough. I think this is just a bad stretch. This is a player for this year and long term I would both acquire. I don't have any real concerns there because I I do think that as the season goes on, he will get right. And uh, I think that we have yet to see the best of him too. Another guy who's just 24 years old, and I think we take that for granted.
1: Yeah, I, I like Hayes, and I and I think that, unfortunately for him, with a little bit of talent, you can play on the Orioles this year. But the pressure is on yes. all of these players on Baltimore to stay in the league because th- Hayes is not going to be a guy three years from now that the Orioles are going to be building around. You kinda, I mean, Hayes kind of has to hit now to stay around in a couple of years with them. Well, uh, here we are again, another season of Rugnet Odor and uh, under 200 at the start of this year, which is pretty much where he's been over the course of his career. And look, the Rangers Joe, they had Mazzara and Odor and they built around those kids. They punted Mazzara. And now it looks like Mazzara may get a shot by the way, with the white Sox pretty soon here. But Odor's time has got to be running out with the Rangers. They don't have a lot of great options and, and they don't have a lot of time for this year. But I I suppose that at this point, I don't think anybody in fantasy Joe is starting him. So it's kind of like a moot point. People have given up. I think for the most part, anybody that took him and saw the first week, he's headed to the bench.
2: Yeah, I think this is the problem. Is everybody keeps waiting to resurrect this guy? or like this is the year where things improve, but he's had enough of a track record now that you could look at it. He's a 239 hitter for his career. The OBP is 292. I mean, you just have to get on base at above 300 clip in order to be relevant in fantasy. And I understand he's got power. I get that. And I understand he's got some hot streaks in him that people are like. Well, this is the Odoor hot streak. In a season this short, I am not buying in at all here. I- I'm sorry. If someone drafted this guy, look, uh, you you had to know the downside of Ruggedo Odor. You had to have seen it. He's a very streaky player, and most of the streaks are not good. And I think at a certain point, you have to say, well, what is this guy? And at 26 years old, I think you have a pretty good idea. He's a player that strikes out too much. He's a player that has trouble with pitch recognition. He's a a player that doesn't have good pitch recognition skills. Otherwise, he would be walking more. And uh, when you don't get on base – You can't really be that productive in fantasy. It just all becomes about the home run, and it's not like he's hitting 40 of those. So for me, this is a hard pass, and I'm not looking for him to turn things around. I'm cutting bait. Not that I had the bait out there in the water in the first place when it comes to a door, but I think he's just, look, this is what he is right now.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that he'll be in another location next year. There's no doubt. I agree. All right, uh, Evan, Evan White, who was taken a few years ago by the Mariners in the draft, a big kid out of Kentucky, uh, came into the league with the moniker of best defensive first baseman potentially in the game, but light bat. And guess what? That's what we're seeing. A buck 52, <laughs> 276 slugging, 516 OPS. They gave him a contract extension that he's going to be signed for the next few years. It was a modest extension, sort of buying him out of of these years now and some arbitration years. I cannot imagine uh, not reading scouting reports and not understanding who this player is. Evan White is going to be a good player in the major leagues. If, if Evan White turns out to be like Sean Casey or close to it, mm-hmm. it would be fantastic for him to be that. But but Evan White is not going to be a star in this league. He's not, and uh, and he's going to be a good player. He's going to be around forever. And and James Loney played first base for a long time too, hitting a little bit but playing awesome defense. That's who Evan White is. And if you bought anything else, you made a mistake. It's not who he is.
2: Yeah, I mean JT Snow, another guy that kind of comes to mind, yeah. right? A player. And look, you know, all those guys we mentioned all had. Fantasy relevance at one time or another as kind of a, a corner infielder guy. And you have to know the difference between the starting first baseman in fantasy and a corner guy. And every way, White projects more like a corner guy. And if you look at the minor league track record, over three minor league seasons, hit around 290. Had a decent OPS, so he's not all lost. Now, look, the glove is definitely there. I think we've already seen it. I've seen him make some plays already on the highlight reels of MLB Network. So there's no doubt about that in my mind that this guy is not losing his job anytime soon. Number one, they're paying him. Two, the defense is too good. So I would say that he's better than what he's shown so far. Just don't think too much of it. Like if this is a player that someone dropped, I would add him. Because I have expectations that are realistic, and I think that's the difference here when it comes to White. So I think this is a player you want this year. He's not going to lose his job, and I think he is better than he's seen so far. But don't think that the, you know, pie in the sky when it comes to upside.
1: Yeah, his batting average will get better. That's true. I I think that that will come. I just don't think anything else will. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion is one of the the reasons in a couple leagues my pitching has been fantastic. I'm at the top of everything, but my hitting is in the dumps. And uh, Edwin I got for super cheap in an auction, and he's batting a buck twenty-five. But I've seen this play out a million times before with yep. this guy. He is a slow starter every April, every May. He's hitting two twenty, 20 and then June comes and he has 15 home runs. So of this entire list that we've discussed, Joe, I have zero concerns with Encarnacion. He just will not have a ton of time to get right. But I would guess when September comes, then then you'll start to see the parrot going around the bases.
2: Well, I, I tend to agree with you. I guess the question is, you just said the same thing that I was thinking, which is April, May. You know, if it takes you two months, though, to get ready this year, and that's the season. Yeah, that's, that's right. the only yeah. concern there is how long is it going to take him? And I always kind of attribute this sometimes. Some guys are also warm weather guys, and that's something to keep in mind. So if, if that was the always the slow start here with Encarnacion, well, you got to throw that out the window now because it's nice and warm. It's July. <laughs> it's August, actually. Now, what am I saying? So, I would still buy on the talent. I would buy on the track record, but there is pause because how long is it going to take him to get going? Craig When all said and done.
1: Yeah. And in terms of pitchers, there's a lot of them out there who have already made two starts. And if every major league baseball pitcher is going to be maxed out at about 10 starts for the season, have what we seen so far from some pitchers, maybe is that what we could be seeing the rest of the way? Well, we're going to touch on some of the pitchers that after two starts don't look like the players that they thought they were going into the season. And we'll talk about that coming up next right here on fantasy sports today. So don't go away. Stay on the grid. Welcome back. It's fantasy sports today on sports grid. I am Craig Mish along with Joe Pisa We've got you here on the grid until two o'clock. So make sure you stay tuned. I know a lot of you are looking for baseball news and notes, a little bit of a quiet day on that front. We do have a lot of fantasy to talk about here. And of course uh, a lot of sports wagering, make sure you stay tuned, stay on the grid all day long. We're going to have previews of all the games coming up a little bit later. Scott Farrell is going coast to coast there. Uh, okay. So, I would say the good news for me so far this year, and I'm only in two fantasy leagues, that's it, just two and done. The good news is, is I look at all my pitching stats, and I'm at the top of everywhere. And then the bad news, Joe, is I look at my hitting stats, and I'm at the bottom of everywhere. So the the guys that we're going to talk about here, fortunately, I was able to avoid on draft day. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have a couple of them, but it just luck has it that... I did not, and uh, and hitting is more uh, my issue, and, and some of it, too, is that some of my best players haven't played in a week or two, and, and again, because of my f- familiarity with the Marlins, I'm going to grab a couple of them, I'm going to grab a couple of Cardinals, I'm going to grab a couple of Phillies, and I, and I got guys on those teams, so I'm hoping I can make that up, but now I would be worried for a few of the pitchers that we're going to discuss today because from a pitching perspective, you just don't know if a pitcher's all of a sudden going to turn it around, and as we start off today, the Diamondbacks have gotten some very uneven results on the mound. Merrill Kelly, good. Gallen, one good, one bad. Bumgarner, okay. It's, it's been a disappointment for them, for sure, mm-hmm. I think, to start the year. And Robbie Ray, in particular, has been uh, the bane of their existence this far. He can't get anybody out. Two games started, an ERA of eight, a whip of two, nine walks, three home runs. The Diamondbacks are, are I think, leading the majors in walk batters thus far. Look, we know we get some good and some bad with Robbie Ray, Joe, but he cannot afford to have five bad starts for you in a fantasy season. That's just going to derail your ERA and whip.
2: No, it's a complete disaster. And part of me is wondering, as we're talking about this here, the five guys we have on this list, I wonder if there's one fantasy team out there somewhere in all the leagues, on all the sites, That's that has all five of these pitchers because <laughs> it's not impossible. When you look at the ADP yeah, of these pitchers to think yeah. that, That somebody might have taken one guy as the ace there, and there's a couple other guys that would have been good mid-round values, and then you're sitting there right now just hating life with all these guys. And Robbie Ray is hating life right now, too. And uh, what Robbie Ray is doing is he's tinkering. He's tinkering with the windup. He's tinkering with his approach. And this is a guy that's had a lot of success. There's been inconsistency with Robbie Ray. We all know that. We've seen the splits over the years. But it's just so bizarre to me for a guy at this stage in his career with impending free agency to be tinkering. It feels like at some point in time he's going to have to abandon this, and I don't know when that is because I'm sure there's a level of confidence where you're dealing with this and you're trying to get this right and you're struggling. But if you believe in it, you keep pushing through, and it's a mental thing as much as it's a physical thing. The problem is how much time do we have, and I don't think we have enough time to figure this out. I would be jettisoning Robbie Ray. I would be looking for somebody who believes that there's a better version here yet to come. Looking at the previous track record, looking at the strikeouts and saying, yes, this is a guy that I want on my team. But having watched him pitch last week, I could tell you this is a guy that just doesn't look confident on the mound to me. And I think that is a big problem when you're tinkering with mechanics, when you're trying to do all these new things. Look, to me, it's just you're going in a circle and at some point you have to stop the circle. If the results are bad, I don't know when that's going to be, though. And that's the problem, Craig, when it comes to Robbie Ray.
1: Yeah, they have Alex Young and, and they have some other options there if if things go completely south for him. But I, I think they'll give him at least two more starts to get it figured out. But thus far, the results have not been good. Speaking of which, boy, Matthew Boyd, the Tigers were praying that this guy would be right so they could trade him at the deadline because Tigers are still a couple years away from competing. And Boyd pitched at a very high level for a period of time last year. Uh, right now. I would tell you, um, two games started, an ERA of seven, 1.70 whip, 15 hits, and 10 innings pitched. I mean, I I don't care who this is. Like, no one is going to want this guy, Joe. Like, you're you're talking about players at the deadline. Boyd could be the number one starting pitcher available. And right now, I would not touch this guy on any team. I, I mean, he's pitching to be traded and can't
2: it's it's really difficult the tigers want matthew boyd to pitch well matthew boyd wants to pitch well fantasy owners want to pitch well Oh, this is really a tough one right here. And, and look, it's it's not without surprise because although he had a very high strikeout rate last year, he also led the league in giving up home runs, too, which is never a good combination. And so far, he's been very hittable, too. That's that's the one stat that sticks out to me the most when you look at him right now. Fifteen hits and just ten innings. So he's getting beat around the ballpark. He's not missing bats. That's a big issue here for Matthew Boyd, which is, is a red flag to me that something might not be right. And sometimes there's pitchers that get off to bad starts and we say, okay, this is an opportunity. Sometimes it's just a matter of ramping up again, especially in such a weird stop and start that we've been in. Sometimes it's a matter of guys hiding injuries. And sometimes it's just a matter of maybe just maybe the league has figured them out. Whatever it is with Matthew Boyd, it's not good. And I can't see it getting better anytime soon. And it has to get better soon if he's going to be trade bait. That's the problem. This has to be not a turnaround in three or four weeks, really. It has to be an immediate turnaround before I think other teams want to buy into him. So from a fantasy perspective right now, if you owe Matthew Boyd, I think you're just stuck, which is terrible news because you're also stuck with an ERA around seven. And that's just untenable. You can't have that on your roster. So for me right now, you bench him and you wait and you hope that he turns it around, but you cannot keep running him out there as a starter right now. You just can't do it.
1: No, and and the Tigers we know offensively, even though they've been okay, uh, they they'd prefer to not be. You know, this is a, now that the Orioles have gotten off to this start, boy, there there is an opportunity here for some team to not care and get the first pick in the draft. Giants have actually played better than I thought too. So, uh, <laughs> look, they, they, you know what? I mean, crazy. Maybe Boston will be a top five pick this year. I mean, wouldn't that be something? But hey,
2: you know what? Right, not, with that pitching staff, it's hard not to imagine they might I mean, not hey, be in that look, conversation. Can you imagine the Red you.
1: Sox getting a but can you imagine the Red Sox changing their entire franchise with the first pick overall? I, I mean, I think Red Sox fans would take this right now. They're not competing this year. I okay. Uh, the third, the third one is a concern for me because I know the player and, and I got to believe that Charlie Morton's uh, this is nothing to do with him pitching. And, and I don't, I have not. And just to be clear, I have not spoken to Charlie recently, but this is a very cerebral guy, a family guy, a guy that has come out and said that, you know, had some doubts about the season and what was going on. And I sort of believe that that this is what's going on with him. He is a big routine guy, very regimented with this. This is totally out of his element to be pitching without fans. And and I am simply going to chalk it up to this. I uh, I, I still believe he has the skill set to get it done. Joe, if you go back and look at the last three years, you cannot find two starts like this for Charlie Morton back to back. You can't do it. And, right. and I believe there's more in play here than just the physical part. But again, that's, that's solely my opinion.
2: Well, guess what? I, I share that same opinion with you because the velocity is good. You watch him on the mound. Everything seems fine. It's just a matter of, it just doesn't feel like he's in it mentally. And, you know, baseball just sports in general as much as it's physical it's mental and it feels like charlie morton it's the last year of his contract uh you know he's trying to pay he's retiring at the
1: end of the year yeah
2: yeah expires at the end of the year i think he wanted to you know go out there for the team i think that if this were a different scenario and he had more time he might have been an opt-out guy. It's starting to feel like that could have been his path, but I think he felt a pull for the team to get there. And and this is why I do think eventually he will get right, because Charlie Morton is a professional, if nothing else. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I was a big fan of his coming into the season, too. He was absolutely brilliant last year. He did not get nearly the credit he deserved, nor did he the year before. And I think that when the Rays start winning games and Austin Meadows is back healthy, I think over time this guy will get right. And of the three guys we've talked about so far – He's the one and probably on this whole list that I feel good about getting right. And if you are going to be aggressive out there on the trade market for a guy, this would be the guy for me because people will look at him and they'll say he's older. They'll say, well, he hasn't been good. They'll say all those things. But when all said and done, he's healthy. Velocity's good. Chances are it's going to come back around. So for me, Charlie Morton is the immediate buy of this group because I am with you. I just think he is not comfortable. And the only hope I have is that he does get comfortable over the next two weeks or so.
1: Yeah, and I'm guessing by the way there. I, I don't know, and I don't cover the Rays, but knowing the player and the person, it's it, that's that's at least but my lean. But how funny on is it that, that like you know. and I
2: have the same guess about that? When you watch it, it just feels that way. It, it doesn't make sense. Like... He's
1: too good to be right. pitching like this. But but he's also a very cerebral guy that 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 talks about everything and observes everything. And I could see this being out of the element for him. But again, I don't know. And, and it would be foolish for me to believe that that's the reason he may say it has nothing to do with it. Uh, all right, 100 Look, this guy, th- I mean, you had to know that this was coming. There's no way that he was going to repeat the success that he had in LA. And ZRA is eight. His whip is two. And at the end of the season in 60 games, ZRA is going to be five. His whip's going to be 1.4. Uh, the Jays made a mistake. They should never have given this guy this much money. And he's going to get pounded by the Yankees all season. Like, I just, I I, I don't, I didn't ever got it at the time. I still don't get it now. I guess he could be a quality starter the rest of the way. But I I think that anybody in fantasy that got on this train based on a long-term contract was just foolish. And I think the Jays made a mistake.
2: I think all of that is definitely fair. Uh, I'm going to try to hyper-focus it for a moment and say, I also think he's better than what you've seen so far. so. I I do think that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I, Well, I'm just saying it's hard not to be better. But at the same time, you have to look at the narrative. And the narrative is exactly, I think, the one you put out there, which is, oh, this was definitely coming. He was going to be the regression. But I don't think it's regressing to an eight ERA. I don't think he's that guy either. No, no, because if you go yeah. back to 2018, he was dazzling in the second half of 2018. He was incredible in the first half of 2019. He was good in the second half of 2019 so can he be better in 2020 than he's shown yes so this is another guy that if you got him on the real cheap maybe potentially on a deal like somebody's just dying to get rid of him i would take him because i do think there's a better version but you'd be fooling yourself if you think he's going to pitch like he did last year because that was not sustainable so for all the reasons that craig is saying that's why i think this guy could be available and be available at a, at a distinct discount potentially
1: Yeah. And then finally, as we cap it off, uh, we'll go to the Mets. Rick Porcello was in a prime (laughs) position to have a really good season with the Mets uh, being in a great spot, a couple of pitchers down. They could have, he could have stepped up and it's been stepping the other way. His ERA is 13. His whip is three, 12 hits, six innings pitched. And, and this is sort of like a microcosm of the Mets at this point. It's, it's just been a really disappointing season because, if I asked you this question about the Mets a week ago, hey, Phillies are down, they can't play. Marlins are down, they can't play. You would have said, "Man, the Mets have a great chance to get in there." And boy, they have just gone the other way. I think everything has to be in question for them this point from top to bottom. And God forbid this team finishes below the Marlins in the standings, and <laughs> they're, they're 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 going to it's going to be an epic wave of you're just and piling and it on. you know on. what, Joe? Brett, Chris, You know, you know, you know all what the have reality the same is.
2: Reaction right now to you doing this. You're killing us right now.
1: But but you know what the reality is. Honestly, with all this, I don't think it matters. It, 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 listen, if, if the Mets are great, that would change the element. I think that the new owner is going to come in and wipe everything out, no matter what. It, it, this Please. is what happens in baseball, and and that's what's going to happen. And uh, and look, Brody Van Wagenen, who I like very much, was a great agent as the as the uh, head or co head of CAA for many years, and just like Dave Stewart. If, if this doesn't work out for him, he got paid a lot of money, he can go back and become the co-head of CAA again, Jacob DeGrom. they got some unbelievable players uh, at CAA. Uh, but I guess I'm speaking too soon. He still has plenty of time, but at this point, Joe, it's just all the moves they've made, everything has not worked. I, I, I got nothing. It's just it's no. Not going nope.
2: The, you said it. Yep. That's that's pretty much it. And uh, you can feel me dying inside. If you watch closely on the video, you could see just a little piece at a time just dying inside as Craig is basically speaking truth. And yeah. what you can't hear is behind the glass, which is all our producers, Brett and Chris, basically dying as well. Slowly. It's a slow burn. Sorry, guys. Death here for us bed fans. No, we appreciate yeah. it. We it's not that we don't know. And uh, it's not that no one told us; it just doesn't change the truth, unfortunately, and that's where we're at. Yeah. And, and the good
1: news is, is that everybody has There's underperformed. So you know, at some point, at some point, they're going to get better. It can't be this bad. Pete Alonzo is going to go nuts at some point. Conforto's is going to go nuts. I mean, these things are going to happen. But, but yeah, it's it's uh, this is not the start that they wanted. And in a time where they could have seized the moment with the difficulties of two teams in their same division, by the way, of Miami and Philadelphia, they completely went the other way. Okay, coming up next, it's time for us to end with the Sports Grid 60. We've got a couple of topics to end here on the show on this Monday, so make sure you stay tuned. Stay on the grid. We're back after this. As we get ready to wrap up today, watch some NBA action with the Miami Heat, Toronto Raptors back on the court. Let's turn it over to Joe Pisapia as he has his final thoughts on this Sports Grid 60. Joe?
2: Dwayne The Rock Johnson just bought the XFL and he bought it on the cheap. And you know what? I want spring football to work. And I know there are some people that do. My co-host does not, but that's okay because I want it to happen because I think there is a void. I think there is a place for it potentially if somebody would just commit and do it right. And maybe, just maybe, The Rock is the right guy
1: to lead that charge. No, he is not. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, uh, let me end with this. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Goodbye. Did it for effect. Uh, okay, Major League Baseball's investigation on the Marlins is complete, and they found no chicken wing bones. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, you guys got to chill on this stuff. I think that in this world of sports, it's real important to have some context, and I understand that we want to make accusations. We want to say that people and players did the wrong thing, but whatever happened to benefit of the doubt, did we just lose that somewhere along the line and better yet as reporters and people who cover sports in this world, we are just so quick to condemn people and condemn things. And in the 50 appearances that I've done over the past week, Hosts have asked me to do the same thing. What happened, Craig? Did they go to a strip club? Did they go out? Did they do these things? And these are the very same people who've already indicted the Marlins. And on top of that, don't have to see these guys in the clubhouse every day. Sometimes we need to take a step back from some of these stories, let this play out, and then find out what people did wrong. And then if you want to crucify these guys after the fact, I'm all for it. But let's at least... Give somebody the benefit of the doubt in this country, especially a major league baseball team, if we possibly can. All right, that'll do it for the show today. Thanks to Adam Ronas for coming on the show. Thanks to Brett, Chris, of course, our man, uh, Joe Ranieri, for always doing a fantastic job for us. For my co-host, Joe Pizzoppia, I'm Craig Mish. We'll be right back here tomorrow at noon for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Until then, see ya. Stay on the grid.